on this week's show, Dover Chairman Jim Parmenter updates us on how he's feeling as the Whites continue to flounder at the foot of the table. It's only 11 games played, anything can happen, can't it? And once we, we, we get a couple of wins together, anything can happen, you know, it's, uh, it's not over till the fat lady sings, as they say. And he's 10 league games in, how's Danny Kedwell getting on as manager of Cray Wanderers? There's some great teams in this level and there's some great football played as well, which I was very shocked with. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's been a learning curve, but um, I've really enjoyed it. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast. A busy week again, albeit with some very mixed results. We've got a couple of interesting interviews for you, which we hope you will enjoy. I'm John Phipps, who almost sent one of the most ridiculous text messages in history to my co-host this week. And he, as luck would have it, is on the line now. I can't really take the mick out of him too much this week because, well, if you've seen the National League table, uh, it's Matt Gerard. How are you, mate? Not bad, mate. Yeah, not bad. It's been... Um... Uh, difficult week at work, um, busy week at work. Um, I've given up with football, so this will be the last time ever I'm going to talk about football because um, oh, it's, it's, it's basically rubbish, isn't it, at the moment? So, uh, a couple of pointers um, from last week's show. Apparently, Frimley Green has got a really big hospital. Right. It's famous for that because a couple of couple of listeners are actually um, born there. So, apart from oh, the darts, Frimley Green is for hospital. And somebody said, and one of my good mate who lives in. Uh, uh, Doha said he'd buy some merchandise, but not with that shit logo. There you go. That's what he said. Very nice, is it? Yeah. So, uh, does he? What does your mate in Doha want to design us a new logo then? I, I always thought they said thing in America where you um, pay somebody five dollars and they would do it. There's a, isn't there a website there? I don't know. Well, oh, you look oh, into it. I, I, I've done my best, and it wasn't good enough for your mate in Doha. <laughs> exactly, so yeah. But, yeah. Um, so, but but you did. Did you have somebody say some person would buy it? Would yeah, there was £7.60, £7. Who Do you know who that was? It was a, uh, a Sheppy fan got in touch with us on social media. All right, that man from Dover. The man at Dover who's the previous week waved to me when I was crying on Saturday in the press box. Um, <laughs> so um, I still can't remember his name. So if he's listening, please, please get in touch so I can at least mouth your name when you, when you walk past um, uh, the weekend. Yeah, uh, so the text I nearly sent you on Saturday, Matt, you'll find this really funny, but um, you'd obviously sent me an interview which people are about to hear, and somehow I had my phone on the side having listened to the interview, and I knocked the dictation button in my WhatsApp, uh, and just after that happened, uh, my beloved cat Ray came into the office, and we often have a little bit of a cuddle in the office on a when I'm working, because he comes in, so I pick him up. And I was just chatting away to him, and I and I said something along the lines of, um, "Oh, you're such a big boy, Ray, because he is massive." Uh, and then I later said, "Oh, look at those talons, because he's got big nails, and, and he he's sort of flexes his his toes when when he can." And I looked at my phone, and I started sending you a message saying, "Oh, aren't you a big boy? Look at your talons." And I was All like, right. oh, burning." If I'd sent that, I think that 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 would be the other reason you'd give up the Kent Nonny podcast, no? Probably. Well, it's. It's where the life is going at the moment, mate. That's that's a compliment, really. I think I'd probably take. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm pleased you like your talent. No, you could do that. You can dictate something in WhatsApp, can you? Well, you do it just on your phone, on like on uh, the the brand of phone which we both use. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to give anything away, but it's not pair. Um, no. You can like just there, there are buttons whereby when you're typing things, you can somehow dictate stuff. Oh, there okay. you go. So on WhatsApp, um, there is a if you're starting a message. You can, uh, there's a little microphone. 
so you can uh, so you can press that well let's let's do it it, it says hang on a hold to record release to send so hello matt gerard here's a message for you enjoy there you go i've sent you a message i've sent you that message you've just had a live whatsapp message that's how uh, how good life is uh, but yeah so you can do that and i almost text you about your talons all right that's how well well i don't know what to say to that so i've had no. worse messages so but yeah but um i probably needed cheering up right yeah after the weekend so um but yeah but no it's it is what it is but um should it's I support like another team? No, couldn't it? Yeah. Deal Town. They're the, the, the premium. I'm Folkestone. Folkestone have more than Dover, which is fantastic for Folkestone, not very good for Dover. No, it's a bit like the texting's a bit like the time when I was, I'd been texting Hayley and on, on autopilot, I accidentally texted my mum and put some kisses on the end and just said to her, the immortal lines, ignore the kisses. And uh, she didn't <laughs> like that very much. No. It's our 186 episode this week. And that led me to a very swanky bar in Manchester with a very posh website. Uh, the Roman numerals for 186 has three separate numbers. Also look very smart on there. And their gin menu is pretty extensive. So I'm impressed by that. I know, Matt, you're not as much of a serious boozer as I am, but, but do you like a gin? Uh, I don't really like a spirit. Um, when we, my sister-in-law, we went on holiday. She loves a gin, so and they go around her house. She's got hundreds of things. You know, I, I, I don't drink much spirit, so um, but gin is massive, isn't it? There's gins on gins on gin. It's not the old days of just Gordons and a slab of thing. To be honest, I prefer the tonic water to gin. Does that make me really sad? Yep. Yeah. I mean, no, Matt, no. And, and it, and it and, it, and it, it doesn't have to be that posh one. It could be just sweeps. I wow. do occasionally like a a small bottle of tonic water. So if I went to the pub, well, I'll just have a, a glass of tonic water. I'm just a cheap date, mate. You are. Uh, I never used to like gin. And then we went to an event somewhere and they were giving away free drinks on arrival. And I had one. I was like, oh, what's this? And he was like, that's gin. I was like, I didn't think I liked gin. And we're now members of... Could have one of these... No, it was just a normal one. And I was like, well, that's really nice. And, and I'd always struggle for a, a spirit just to finish the night off. And, and we really got into our gin. So we're members of a gin club. Oh, right. uh, and every three months, we get a nice fancy bottle of gin, loads of fancy tonics, a magazine and all sorts. So, uh, yeah, big fan, actually. We've, we've got plenty of bottles of gin. So I'm it, sure your your sister-in-law will be very happy. Yeah, it, yeah, it's big. Gin is big. For some, I don't know when it became sexy to drink gin but it's very sexy at the moment it certainly is uh, right then on with the show and let's start with Dover Athletic where on the pitch things went from well worse to worser with a home defeat against Barnet a result which sees them 16 points adrift at the bottom already and still without a win this season it's now 260 days since the Whites won a game although given their entire 2020-21 campaign was eventually expunged uh, the last win that actually counted was on February the 22nd 2020 when an Inie Young hat-trick helped them beat AFC Fylde 5-1 uh, after the latest loss. Matt spoke really? to him. Oh, my. And he didn't score hat-trick. I um, had a use for folks didn't got one, but he... It, yeah. Was that the one with the, with the penalty rebound? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> when he missed the penalty for the 80, 85th time playing for Dover. So, but he... Um, for that, so technically, that is... Oh, that is... Well, I'm, I'm going to... I thought like that. that. When, when, you know, when I looked that up, when I looked that up a minute ago, I thought, Matt's going to love that. That, I'm going to nick that stat. Yeah, of course you are. If, if we're not using last year, that would be we haven't won for more than 18 months. Yep. If you'd have told me that when I was interviewed any of him and he had the match ball there and he didn't seem that impressed when I said, do you want me to sign that? He sort of looked at me like I was some sort of idiot. Um, that would be our last official win until 
the end of time, I'd have probably laughed. Well, nobody would have believed me, would they? No, but that is that. That that's what I worked out. That that was what I worked out. That was the last win you had that actually counted for anything. Uh-huh. That's, that really made, made you tickle, wasn't it? It really did. Yeah, it really did make me laugh. I was like, yeah, the last time Dover Athletic won, Inia Fiong scored a hat-trick. Uh, so there we go. Anyway, after the... Club since then. Yeah. Uh, after the latest loss on Saturday against Barnet, Matt spoke to White's chairman, Jim Parmenter. Yeah, obviously it hasn't been great. We, everybody knows our position. Um, it's a great groundswell of support for us throughout the country early on. And we thought that might uh, translate into gates, but unfortunately our gates have been quite low, which hasn't helped. And... Um, we just need to get behind the team. Uh, we've had lots of injuries. Um, 11 injured players today, which is uh, half the squad. So, uh, yeah, we're struggling a little bit. We're, we're losing by the odd goal. Some of them pr- pretty soft goals, but, um, you know, we're creating plenty of chances, but we're just not putting them in the net. Um, typical, really, when your luck's not running in football, it's not running. Um, you could go through each incident, but, yeah, we need to we need to pick up a couple of wins quite quickly. Is it resigned to sort of the position you're in? You're not going to be in this division next season? No, not at all. It's only 11 games played. Anything can happen, can't it? And once we we get a couple of runs together, a couple of wins together, anything can happen. You know, it's uh, it's not over till the fat lady sings, as they say. So you're pretty upbeat that, you know, we can still survive in this division? Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, you, obviously, we've got to find some wins from somewhere. Um, I'm, I'm listening to the injury reports and I'm hopeful that we'll have probably five or six of the players back for Saturday, which is uh, the FA Cup, as everybody knows. And that just might be the turning point for us. If we get a win in that, that might be the the, the, the conduit for, for moving forward. Uh, the manager, has he got your full backing? Because some of the fans uh, today were calling for his head. Have you any feelings about the manager's situation? Yeah, I just thought that was pretty disgusting. I mean, what, what fans should be doing is getting behind the team. You know, one minute they're singing derogatory things about Hess and the next minute they're, they're, they're singing Hess's black and white army. You know, what, what, what this town needs, what to do, and the community needs to do is get behind their football club. They know they know the, the trials and tribulations we've been through for, for what I believe were the right reasons. You know, I've made sure the club's here for the town uh, now. And what we need is people to come to games and to get behind the team because it's only with people supporting the team that we'll we'll get ourselves out of this. But you still got, Andy's got your hundred percent backing. Yeah, why not? I mean, Andy's working on a, a very limited budget for the reasons we all know. And it, with that budget, we've we've got twenty four players. Um, quite a few of those are young players, and as I say, eleven of those players were injured today. So that's the sort of thing he's having to work with. And, and it's not a question of backing. You know, if you know the facts, what you know, what can you say against the manager? He's doing the best he can with the, what he's got available. Personally, you as chairman, you've been here numerous years now. Um, there is rumours that you you know you're looking for further investment or um, um, trying looking to sell the club. Can you put any of those rumours about that? Look, we've been looking for investment for years. I mean, it, it, I, I was just talking earlier. We, you know, we went to Grimsby last week, crowd of six thousand, um, hundred people dining before the game. Um, last week we got less than six hundred here, um, and and I think eight people dining before the game. We're competing now in a league which is massive money. I mean, thirteen clubs now in the national division are ex-league clubs, big clubs, backed by. Uh, either very large crowds or very, very rich investors. And Dover's have been up there with them for 16 years or, or, or a good part of those 16 years. 
uh, on very limited resources and now we do need more resources and you know I'm getting I'm retired now so I'm getting uh, I'm getting older and uh, the club does need more an injection of money and it, you know it, it it probably needs a, a new uh, modern approach maybe but uh, you know it's all very well talking like that but if if somebody doesn't do it I have to keep doing it or the club folds have you had anybody interested taking over from you or investing in the club no I had no real serious interest at all has that surprised you um, in this in this day and age, with you know the the way the world is, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, yes, it surprised me a little bit. But then, of course, Dover is a very unfashionable place. Um, you know, it's not a London club. The the overseas investors go for the London clubs or the or the bigger clubs. Um, Dover's a sort of backwater. It's a very poor area, um, run down. And the football clubs are one of the bright or one of the bright parts of Dover. One of the success stories, or has been for 15, 16 years. And uh, you know, it's it's now we're struggling. And what we need now is the town town support and the community support. Um, whether that translates into investment, I don't know. But at the moment, it, it falls on me to keep the club going. And, and that's probably a, a big investment. You've never thought about walking away. Oh, often I thought about walking away. Yeah, but you know. There's been I've put a lot of time, a lot of money, and my family have here. I mean, a lot of sweat, and you, you, you've seen the developments we've made around the ground. We've got a league standard ground now, and you know to see that fall and 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 close would be would be a, a really sad event. So, you know, we're going to try and keep it going and and see what uh, what transpires this season. Financially, the club, what position are they in at the moment? Well, apart from the forty thousand fine that uh, we've we've had to pay this year, we we don't have any debt. As as I've said for fifteen, sixteen years, I want to run the club with no debt, and that's one of the reasons we got into the trouble we did because the league uh, wanted us to take on a massive loan to complete last season, which I refused to do. Um, but the club's is in stable position financially; um, doesn't have a lot of spare cash, but it has enough cash to to keep running. And you still got the fight to go with it. You know, you retired. Were you spending more time at the club? Were you? Um, yeah, I think I'll be annoying them a bit more regularly, but um, yeah, it, I'll spend more time in the club. But at the end of the day, it's not down to me. You know, we, we have volunteers here. We, we used to have 20. We've now got five or six. And, you know, there's a lot of work done here by very few people. And um, we need volunteers. We need investment. And we need people to take an interest and get behind the club. And what we don't need is people um, criticising the club, the management or the players on social media or, or in the stands because that doesn't do anybody any good. Um, and, you know, it, at the end of the day, if you want the club here and you want it to succeed, you've got to get behind it and support it. There's a lot to unpack there in that interview. And firstly, huge thanks to Jim for his time there. And he certainly didn't shy away from it. Uh, some pretty tough questioning, I thought, from you there, Matt. Uh, obviously, a very proud man, uh, determined to keep things going. But things can't go on as they are, can they? No, and to be fair, I know he said some that bit of that interview the club used and a bit of it's gone on Radio Kent today, about a minute of it. So it has been out there for a few days. Um, um, and you have got a few of the supporters backing him and a few of the supporters not backing him. Um, you have to admire his honesty um, within all this. Um, you know, um, he didn't have to. Um, he mentioned, I think, the most important thing, and maybe we need a modern approach from the club. And that's what it is. But. You know, everybody I speak to, you know, have you got any money to invest in Dover Athletic? And, of course, I would love to invest in Dover Athletic, but I haven't got any money to invest in Dover Athletic. And that may be with a lot of people at the time. Um, yeah, it's, you know, I admire his passion saying that the season's not over. Um, you know, 
I, somebody asked me yesterday how many points we get before the end of the season. So what, what points will we finish on? Um, I don't think it will be enough for us to stay up. So I admire that. And you, you've got to stay positive. But it's it's not looking good um, on or off the pitch at the minute. Um, I wonder, Matt, um, and sorry to interrupt you really mid-flow there, but from what he's saying there, he still thinks there's a chance of staying up. Will there be a time where he'll decide that there isn't that chance and then what, what budget there is w- will be gone? And, you know... Well, I understand completely the constraints because £40,000 out of what would be the budget, that's £1,000 a week, has gone straight yeah. away, wiped out by this fine from the National League. So the National League basically have done everything they can to make sure that Dover get relegated this season as a sort of punishment for, for what happened last season, um, which is, you know, they've not done it directly, but indirectly they've given you a point deduction, given you a huge fine, which they know is a big problem for your club. But is there going to be a point... It may be in a couple of months' time where Jim says, no, enough's enough. If we want to protect the future of the club, which he's obviously very passionate about, why throw any more money at this campaign? Um, I don't think he would let it, you know, as he said at the end, he's put a lot of blood, sweat and tears in it and built a nice new stand at the ground. And I don't think he would. And at some point, I think I said last week, we've got to start thinking about next season as well um, and where we're going to go from this if we do indeed get relegated. So, um, you know, I think if somebody offered him enough money to sell the club, he probably would do tomorrow. I think now he's retired, um, he's no longer working for his business. He, he probably wants to, maybe wants to do other things. But he's been um, the key holder for the last sixteen years, and those majority of those sixteen years, he's been very, very successful. Um, I, I don't think he wanted to see it go down the, the literal pan because I think he, you know, I think he's. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't want to see that hard work just go and the football ground because he, you know, he doesn't. The club, he doesn't own the football ground. It's a council ground, so you know, there's no land to be sold on from that. So, you know, I think he, he's got, he's got his heart in the right place. Um, some people don't like the talk of his jib, but um, until somebody else comes in with the amount of money that he's invested, um, Jim's going to be in charge, and we just have, you know. And I think that's probably a good thing at the minute. But as, somebody, as a lot of people have said to me, it's just like a slow lingering death this season. And we're in October now and we've got another how many months? Seven months of this season, eight months. And it's going to be a long seven, eight months unless something happens and we start winning football matches and get out of that. Honestly, if we get out of this, I would say it's on a par with Leicester winning the Premier League, I think, somehow. Really, it's... I would, you know, I'll be happiest man in the world, but I, I, I just can't see it. And, I, and people, I don't want people to think I'm being negative, but it's going to be tough. So, you know, injuries haven't helped, as you mentioned in there. But it is what it is. We've got to win this. Hopefully, this weekend we can actually get a result, just to put some smile on people's faces, because there hasn't been many smiles on people's faces, because it's, you know, just so frustrating. Um, and Saturday, um. We had chances, but, you know, that lack of quality again. I think the line people are going to pick up from that interview, Matt, is where he says that he thought the fans calling Fess and Tyler's head on Saturday were disgraceful. Um, as I say, full respect to Jim Parman, sir, for, for talking like that. But uh, the, yeah, the I, second I, you I, hear you know, a chairman talking about the supporters like that, I think that's 
that that's a bit of a concern. As you've already said, you had a smaller crowd on Saturday than there was at Folkestone. Uh, and saying that about supporters isn't exactly going to endear him to the people that he openly says he needs the help and support of. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that that sort of came out and that's already been picked up by a few people saying about this. So um, it is a difficult one because he, he's got the keys of the club and he's got the future of the club in his hands. And we don't want him to think three months down the line when we are but adrift a bit more at the bottom if that's the way it's going. Given up, I don't think I don't think he would. But um, yeah, you know, you look at it on that way. You said it that we can't afford to carry on, but we, we would, could be playing four or five months of the season when nothing really matters about it unless we're building for next season. And I think at some point there's got to be a plan for next season coming aboard. But does that mean a new owner or Jim just doing that plan? So maybe he's maybe he's got now he's not working. He's going to do more to the club. I don't think he want to see it die, but I think new and I came out of that is new modern look at it, which I think is probably important that maybe we need a little, you know, fresh of blood. Maybe Jim being in charge, but maybe somebody coming in who's worked in the game and hurt with it. But again, that all costs money. That's the thing, is that I mean, it is, it is very much. Um, I'm, I'm trying to pick my words carefully here, but it is. Dover has been Jim Parminter for a long time and you can make parallels with it with another club in the county uh, with a chairman who divides opinion um, and and everything like that. And, you know, I, I completely understand that there are people who find Jim Parminter a difficult person. Um, I, I, I think I look at him as someone who's got the best interests of Dover Athletic uh, at heart and, and he's doing everything he can to try and keep that club, uh, get that club going. Uh, I thought the stand he took at the start of this year uh, pulling out or refusing to play the rest of the season was was admirable. And I feel that, as he said in that interview, he, he was sort of hung out to dry by other clubs who, who said, oh, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, of course, Jim, we'll back you. Yeah, of course, you do it and we'll do it. Well, that's a bit like the woman who I read on Twitter the other day talking about um, getting revenge on people. She said, I found out my boyfriend was cheating on me, uh, so we went to get matching tattoos. He went first and I went home. But that's kind of how it was, wasn't it? Everyone said to him, um, you know, oh yeah, of course we will, Jim. Yeah, yeah, we'll back you. And then just cut them adrift. And and he is a man who, as I've said a couple of times in the last 10 minutes, wants Dover Athletic to do well. He is Mr. Dover Athletic. And, and I think his pride would mean he wouldn't walk away and leave the club in, in a desperate situation. And, and he wouldn't want to be the man who was at the end of the Dover Athletic experience. He, he wants that club to survive and I'm sure he would only sell it to the right sort of people. And, and you know, it, but it is difficult at the moment because people don't have as much disposable income at their hands. People don't have the ability to to, to just say, oh yeah, well, we can buy a football club and plough loads of money into it or, or, or sponsorship. I've seen a few people saying that, you know, um, there's fewer sponsorship hoardings taken up at Crabble at the moment and everything like that. So you know, it, it's a tough time to be running a football club. And again, this is where Dover have been hamstrung by the punishment they've been given because people don't want to be chucking money at it because they think, well, you know, they're not going to be on telly very often at home because they're at the bottom of the table. People aren't going to be willing to, to get the, they won't be getting the exposure that they will because things are bad because you're bottom of the league, because you, you look odds on to be relegated. It's, it's a even harder sell than it is before. And I know before we said Richard Harvey's involved and all that, but I, but I would imagine they're finding out very, very hard work to try and get some even sponsorship revenue into the club at the moment. 
Yeah, I think um, you know the start of the season hasn't really helped. If we'd have, as my, my my mate from Doha said, it could all have been different. Now the first game of the season, we were expecting two and a half thousand people against Solihull. That was called off from COVID. Ricky Miller might have scored a goal, and we got on a different, completely different, you know, sliding door thing. One of those things that you make you look at things like that. It could have been all different that everybody was behind the club and getting out of this hole. And since that sort of point, it's just sort of drifted. And there is a little bit of disharmony between the supporters. Um, but there will be the hardcore go every week. But yeah, it's football's cyclical, isn't it? You know, you have your ups and the downs. We've just got to make sure that, you know, Dover doesn't get lost in this or Jim Parter walks away. But I, I can't believe he would walk away. But, you know, if, if you know anybody um, who would like to take over a football club, I don't know how much money you need, probably quite a bit at that level. Um, um, see what he can do. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult one. And also the other thing as well is he said, you know, we used to have 20 odd volunteers. Now we've got five or six. And I did get the feeling right at the end there where he was kind of saying to, to the people of Dover and the people of the of, of the surrounding areas, you know, make the most of having this football club here. And I've written down on my notes here, use it or lose it. And I think that was kind of that was part of it, wasn't it? He was saying, you know, if people don't help out, then there might come a time where his hands are tied. Yeah, that, that is the concern. Um, you know, he's done a couple of sort of thing calls to the to the people of the town um and that hasn't been rewarded with people coming to watch football um it is an expensive business and people have got other things to do and maybe they're seeing the likes of Folkestone and, and Deal uh, on my Saturday afternoons I'd rather go and watch them but um that's maybe a, an issue that they've got to resolve in some way um but again, if money's tight, you know, it's very difficult to sort of to try and do campaigns to do it. But it, it's, it's, it's a real difficult one. Um, but if they can somehow turn it around and but the thing, maybe the FA Cup is such a big game on Saturday because you could win, could, hopefully. And then you could draw home to Gillingham and that's 5,000, isn't it? And that brings a little bit of thing. Um, or Sunderland. Sunderland or big teams in that division. Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. Again, if they're playing, because everybody's, you know, it just adds a little bit of spark to it. And then you all, so, you know, as we said, maybe you get to the third round of the FA Cup and all your problems go away. So it's such an important game on so many levels. It certainly is. Anyway, while there's doom and gloom at Crabble at the other end of the train line, virtually, uh, Bromley's still flying high after their young guns struck to sink Torquay in a televised clash at Hayes Lane. Uh, they really do look the part, don't they, Matt? And those young players are, are, are coming through and, and look very, very promising. And, and that's credit to everyone at the club. Yeah, that's Marcus Sablia. He has probably been the best player I've seen this season. And I only saw him for 65 minutes, I think. Um, and I saw the goal he scored. You know, he will not be at Bromley this time next year, I'm sure. He's heading for big things. And Bromley have... They're very well organised. They've got some good players. They are the real deal, I think, this season now. Um, the, the defensive issues they've had, I think they're keeping a lot of clean sheets now, aren't they? So earlier on, they were sort of a bit gung-ho, but he's sorting out, but doing very, very well. Um, I think they would, would they go near the top of the table with the games in hand they've got? Because they've got a few games in hand in a few teams. So. Pretty close, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, definitely. And what sort of gate they had there, again... You know, the feel-good factor at Bromley is very, very high at the moment, completely opposite to Dover. And um, 
and you see what they you know what they're doing on social media in the community it's you know a real testament to all the people running that football club how well they're doing um and they get results on the field um you can do all that as well you can do all your community work but if you get results on the field as well that really is a um a factor in that and some of it you look at it about the 3g you know how that world that's got in people training the the kids team and that's been an investment and now they're a threat at home on the 3g as well so i expect them to get in the playoffs from this position and you know you know will they you know, if they go close will they invest a little bit more but yeah really really you know really pleased with the great people were there and you know it's been a really good sort of few years for bromley they're they're a a very, very good National League side. They are. It's the FA Cup this weekend, as Matt's already mentioned, for those two and three of our other sides. Uh, Dover at home to Yate Town, who currently sit 10th in the Southern League Premier Division South. Bromley travel to face National League Southside Hungerford. Dartford also on the road at AFC Sudbury of the Eastman League Division 1 North. Uh, Ebbsfleet host their fellow National League Southside Hampton, Richmond, Borough and Folkestone travel to Eastleigh. Uh, Yates have beaten Dorchester, Gosport, Borough and Redhill to reach this stage. Redhill, of course, being the team who knocked out Seven Oaks, Phoenix Sports and Deal Town. So surely, surely, Matt, Saturday is the day. Um, well, I'll tell you a quarter five, won't I? Yeah, no, I've got to, I've got to be positive. On a, on a normal match day, they were should beat Yates um, and hopefully they will do. Hopefully the Loneys will play because Cosgrave is a good striker and the keeper is class as well. If they can't play, that may be a bit of a concern. Um, I know Ransom, who was injured anyway, he wasn't allowed to play, but Cosgrave's here till Christmas and hopefully they have to Wimbledon let David play because he's a real threat, Cosgrave, um, uh, in the final third and, and being a real sort of uh, you know, shining light, as has been the goalkeeper. But yeah. Um, I am doing a bit for BBC Radio Bristol as well. Yate, you must. Do you have been to Yate? I know you've been to Bristol. Bristol. Right? I've not been to Yate actually. Uh, it's it's not far far away at all from Bristol. So uh, apparently uh, they've got a lot of Bristol Rovers youngsters playing. Uh, probably yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's not it's not and it's Rovers side as well. So. Uh, yeah, because obviously I'm very aware of the geography of Bristol, and and my other half is uh, is a very much Bristol City territory, but Bristol Rovers is north of the north of the city, um, so so they're all uh, so yeah, I'm sort of not surprised see they've got some Rovers players on board, but I I just think Matt, you know, you've had bad results before, but you're at home, you've got surely sh- surely. Um, you've got to, but I don't know. It's, it, it is a banana skin. There are always upsets, but I've just got, I've just hope for your sake that when my phone rings, as it invariably will at about six o'clock on Saturday, you're, you're in a good mood rather than the sort of mood that you that you've been in the last few times we've spoken. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Come on, come on, come on the right. So I think a lot of people listening, unless looking at Dover's situation, because there's still a few people who laugh in, which is rightly so. But there's a few people I speak to who do think it's a bit of injustice to fight in and where they are. So, um, yeah, well, there's fingers crossed they can get a result. Looking at the other ties, I suppose, when you think about it, you fancy Dartford at Sudbury. You fancy Bromley at um, Hungerford. Epsley, I think they lost to Slack. They lost to Hampton in the league. I think they did, didn't they? Mm. I, I, I still league. fancy Epsley. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think um, Folkestone's going to be tough at Eastley. I saw Eastley, I, I thought we were a decent side, but... Folkestone haven't lost a game this season and maybe Folkestone can get a replay and I'm sure if that's the case, Cheriton Road will be absolutely rocking on and 
Tuesday night if they did. So yeah, I'm saying I'm going to say, John, all our sides will be at Nahat on Monday. They may have to win another game to get through, but um, I think I think um, it will be a decent decent weekend for us. Yeah, can you imagine anything worse though for Dover than a replay at Yate on Tuesday? Yeah, <laughs> I won't, I'll just let you know I will not be attending if that is the case. No, fair enough. Uh, Saturday's action in Nationally Southall Dartford extend their lead at the top to five points as they beat Hungerford uh, 1-0 while second place Maidstone United were beaten 2-0 at home by Eastbourne Borough. Ebbsfleet were 3-1 winners at Sloughtown and are now fifth. And it was a clean sweep of wins as Welling United also won 3-1 away from home at Chippenham. Uh, a much-needed win for Peter Taylor's new side. Welling also the only one of our five teams in league action this week. They host Braintree Town. One of the sides they leapfrogged in the standings on Saturday. Uh, it's early days, of course, but by all accounts, Matt, Welling were very good at the weekend. Yeah, I haven't seen if he's brought any new players in. Um, I haven't really seen anything. I heard rumours they were going to bring a, a coach in, but I haven't heard anything that was the case. But I haven't seen anything. There's no signings. Is it? He's just worked with the players he's got before. I, I believe so. And, and I did say that, didn't I? I said Peter Taylor... He is a manager or he is a, a brilliant coach, um, you know, and, and and I think he he will get the best out of what they've got there. So that's, uh, you know, it's, it's very, great, very... It's a great result. It's a great result. Um, and, that, and we saw, I think, last season with some of the players they've got, they have got goal scorers in that team. So if they can sort out the defensive issues that they've had um, going forward, it might be uh, um, for that. But no, please for them and, you know... It's amazing what um, a result does for people's social media and the fans if you follow it, because everybody's happy as Larry, isn't it? So amazing what one win does, and they've got to follow it up as well. But yeah, I'm pleased for them. And Peter Taylor, it's a, it's a challenge going in there, but he wouldn't have gone in if he didn't think they'd had a chance. And that's a great result at Chippenham, because Chippenham were doing quite well to absolutely give him the cane in a couple of weeks back. Absolutely, yeah. So very good. And also just on Welling very quickly, finally, uh, the Welling United podcast, uh, the Radio Wings podcast has been released this afternoon, uh, with which features me on it. So if you've not had enough of my uh, inane ramblings, you can hear more of them uh, as I talk about this podcast and, and lots of other bits and pieces uh, on that show. So you can find it on Twitter. They are at Radio Welling. So give that uh, a listen. It's only 38 minutes long as well. And, and I'm on quite a bit of that because it was quite a long interview. But there you go. Uh, that's one of those. But yeah, do give that a listen. It's a good show. Very interesting to, to learn uh, a bit more about a club specifically as well. Uh, into this mini Premier Division now, which brings our second interview of the week. After six league defeats in a row, Cray Wanderers and their rookie boss, Danny Kebwell, have collected four points in the last two games. Uh, the latest being from a 1-1 draw at Haringey Borough. He's 10 league games into his managerial career. So it seemed like a good time to catch up with Danny and see how he's finding life in the dugout. It's been ups and downs. Um, we started very well uh, the first two games. And then we've got a lot of injuries. Um, and it's a lot of playing around with the team. So I couldn't get really a set team. Um, so it's very frustrating. Um, and we obviously didn't win in seven games. Um, and then the last two games have been have been back to us. To us, it's been magnificent. I suppose the thing was when you when you first started and you win your first two games, you think, "Oh, this management lark's all right." And then you lose all those games in a row. That, that's when you learn a lot about yourself and your team, I guess. No, exactly that. And the boys have been brilliant. Like obviously, um, with the injuries we've had, and and it's not been the young lads; it's been the experienced players, um, which pull this side together. Do you know what I mean? Um, the core of the team. It's um, been. 
and struggled really, struggling with that side of it. And obviously then being around in the changing room and stuff makes a massive difference, them experienced players. Um, so, yeah, listen, and it only makes us stronger. And it, um, it's a learning curve for me as well. To um, I'm sure everyone's going to go through that in their stage in their career, so... That's it. I mean, those first two games, looking back at those, Lewis and Hornchurch, I mean, two of the teams that everyone's expecting to be there or thereabouts, and, and you beat them both. So that does show that there's something, there's definitely something there in your squad, isn't there? Oh, yeah, definitely. There's, uh, we've got a great bunch of boys, and it's, it was always going to be tough um, from the transition of obviously having not one, one player in the squad um, and recruiting a whole new squad in two months. Um, there's obviously going to be people come in and go in and stuff. So um, we're nearly there. Um, there's maybe a little couple more that I need to get in to make the squad stronger. Um, and as soon as that comes in and they start playing regular games together and um, like we have done the last two games, we ain't really changed the team and we've got four points in the last two games. So we're getting there. I look at your squad and you've got some, some some really good players in there, haven't you? Players who, as you say, the experienced players, your Anthony Cooks, your Adam Coons, Dean Beckwith, Andy Druitt, and that, and that is the basis of what you're trying to build, I'm guessing. Yeah, exactly that. And, like, um, they're just, with them players in the squad, they've been there, they've done it, they, they, they're good around the young lads. Um, and it's getting that balance right. And I think in the last couple of games, it's shown that the balance is right and... Obviously, Coons, he's been playing still, but playing with a niggle. But Andy Drew is playing with a groin injury, still playing with it. Um, so it's, it's it's tough. It's tough for them at their age, but that's that's the experience they've got. They know how to manage their their legs and their body to get through a game. So he's uh, very good. Yeah, I suppose it's tough for you at the moment as well because you haven't got a game th- t- tonight. You're supposed to have a game. You haven't got a game at the weekend. Uh, is that a good thing or a bad thing? So if you've got a little bit of momentum at the moment, but on the flip side, I guess it gives pe- people a chance to recover. Yeah, it does. It, it gives, obviously, like I say, the Adam Coombs and Juries, and it gives them another week to rest. Um, so, and, and to be fair, we've got a friendly tonight against Basildon um, to give the boys some game times that ain't played and obviously get them some minutes under their belts. Um, so, got a friendly tonight, but then, yeah, we go again next Tuesday to start training properly. Uh, and yourself, so, yeah. you've, you've played a few times. Is that something you want to do or is it, is no, it something you've really. forced to? It's just that I've had to, really. Um, I've, had to, I've had to play because, obviously, like the injuries, like I said, we had a lot of injuries. We, um, we had literally no centre-half. I had to play centre-half in one game. So, it's been it's been tough. Um uh, listen, I, I have enjoyed it, to be honest, playing, but it's it's hard doing both at the same time. I know we said before you got the job, you know, when, when you first got the job, it was an opportunity to build a squad, a, a good club. And has it been everything you hoped it would be with the club? Yeah, they've been magnificent. Um, to be fair, they've, uh, they've helped me, they've backed me, they've, they've given me good advice, to be honest. Um because I was getting very frustrated with results because it weren't like we was losing and deserving to lose. That was a more frustrating thing, like we was dominating games and nothing was going, up, going our way, really. Um, so, yeah, they were very good at that and just said keep going and stuff. So, yeah, they've been magnificent. I guess you're never going to stop learning, but how much have you learned in, in the what first two months of this season that, that, that you kind of wish you knew two months ago? Um... Just, 
just the yeah I've learned such so much really um, the level because um, I've never really I've never even actually played in this level I've either played one below or two below or higher so I didn't really know the level and the standard of the quality um, I watched a few games like obviously from the year before and on telly like a few teams but it's, it's hard to tell um, and I think the levels there's some great teams in this level and there's some great footballs played as well which I was very shocked with um, so yeah it's, 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 it's been a learning curve but um, I've really enjoyed it um, and hopefully we can just build on the last two games that we've been played really well in got the four points two tough heart away games as well um, and we just got to start bringing that bringing that into the rest of the season really I guess it's finally what's what's the ambition now I, I guess it's, it's still early days isn't it so the, the world's still your oyster yeah exactly that it's, it's a, this year is all about getting the squad right and building on on the getting obviously getting up the league as much as we can this season um, it's about me learning it and getting to know know the league more the players getting to know the league more and building with uh a good squad that I'm building at the minute um, hopefully next year is the one um, but you never know what happens in football do you so you could go on a run and end up in the playoffs or anywhere up there it's been a bit of a learning curve for him so far Matt but he seems to think he's getting there and he's definitely definitely in it for the long haul yeah I mean, when I was listening to that how easy is it if you've been a player um, and then turning into the sort of managerial role, how easy is it to flip that? Because he must have thought, as you mentioned, two games gone, what, oh, yes, it's easy. Then he goes seven unbeaten. And do, does it, do you think, do you start dousing yourself in that position? So um, how easy do you think it is to switch from being a player to a manager? Because you'd have thought they know all the, the way how it works, but it's just not necessarily if you're a, a decent player, you become a good manager. I think it's it's probably a, a slightly easier maybe for him in this aspect in that the way he went into Cray with no players in the squad, a club that he's not been at before. You know, I think if he'd taken his first managerial role at a club where he was known or and, and he knew some of the players before or inherited players, and I think it would be possibly even harder for him. But I think it's difficult to, uh, you, know, you know, I think it, it is obviously a challenge, but it to, to most of those players that he's managed to sign, he's the manager rather than their teammate. And I think that that's where the hardest transition comes is when you're, you you step in and, and, and it's you've gone from being one of the lads to being the boss. I think that's where it's really, really difficult. And I thought what was interesting there was he said, you know, the people behind the scenes at the club have been quick to give him advice as well. And, and, and I suppose what's also a real positive is that he's listening to that advice because, you know, it'd be quite easy to be quite pig-headed and say, no, I know what I'm doing. I don't need you to talk to me. But he's taking everything on he's, he's a bit like a sponge isn't he and and you know I think he he said yeah it, it's it's been tough it's, it's there's been a, a lot to learn but it, but he has already learned plenty and I did find it funny I must admit when he said yeah I had to play centre half one week because that, that's that's you know just something that that he does and I suppose that shows that he's he's determined to make a success of this and will do whatever he can to help that that team yeah I would have thought uh, it must have hurt him when the results they, they were having a disappointing results but He's dug in. I think he scored in one of his games as well, hasn't it? I think when he played, we saw his name appeared. So, yeah, I think it's a it's a challenge. Cray probably thought they'd be doing a lot better, but 
he's brought a team together. And, and, and as you said, Dave, you probably definitely learn more when you're actually winning, losing games than you are actually winning games. But Crayer, you know, he's got a couple of good away results. Now they've got to cut picking it up um, and getting there, getting that sort of momentum going again. Because I, I would have thought, you know, he thought it was very easy after the first two games. I'm sure he, I'm pretty confident that Danny Kebwell can do a job uh, there, and I'm sure he's got some. Um, some good contacts if it doesn't go well. But again, what he, what he says is the long term as well. They're not building just for this season; they're building for other seasons as well. Yeah, uh, they did play that friendly tonight against Basildon. Uh, they won four uh, two. Two goals from Fjord Rogers, one from Richard Afrain Casey, and a header from a trialist late on. So as he said, he's still looking uh, to bring players in. He thinks he's nearly there. So you know, I'm sure that the results will continue to to pick up, and it's probably nice for him now, actually, that he's got this little gap to get the squad where he wants and then next week all eyes on the next game is the Chesson. Yeah, and I have to say fair play to the um, Isthmian League as well. They allow clubs to sort of stop their games because folks are supposed to be playing with them um, playing with them um, to do that and I think that's really good from the league and uh, give the other teams a real good chance. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a rare. So sometimes you simply don't cover themselves in glory, but I think that rule does make perfect sense. And and yeah, fair play to them. Uh, and and well done to. I mean, it would have been a nightmare for folks and me to play tonight and then have their big yeah. FA Cup tie uh, on Saturday. Talking to folks, and they beat Brighton City Region five one on Saturday. Uh, well, there were goals are plenty at Margate too, but sadly for them, six of the eight scored at Hartsdale Park were by Lewis players. And it's safe to say that had I been able to stake everything I owned on one event happening at the weekend, I'd have backed Joe Taylor to score for Lewis at Margate. Uh, Gate led twice in that game as well, but they did bounce back with a 3-1 win at Merston on Tuesday night. And Matt, you were telling me there's a new man in the dugout at, at Margate. Yeah, I had um, Lloyd Blackman's and got in his, he's helping out on the coaching side at at Margate, you know, he lost his job recently at Whitstable, but I think he probably worked with um, Jay Saunders or played with him before, and he's gone in as a assistant manager. So that's a, a good role for him, good experience. Um, yeah, we'll see from that. And I think they, I was reading earlier, they've lost Jack Richards. He's left, gone to another club for um, trying to get some, uh, you know, first team football. And I'm sure there'll be players coming here, but they they bounced back well, Margate. And disappointing result at the weekend, but yeah, Joe didn't have to travel that far, did he? And that was, and he was on the score sheet from there. And Lewis are doing quite well, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I mean, they're up to third uh, now. They won five nil uh, on Tuesday night as well. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's going. And um, we knew they would because obviously Tony Russell, friend of the show, uh, such a success at, um, at at Cray Wanderers as we've just been talking about Cray Wanderers. But yeah, I don't think there's any disgrace in losing to Lewis. But I understand that Margate supporters pretty furious to concede what five goals in the second half at, at home um but then to to bounce back as they did showed showed some real character because they lost them in the cup didn't they they did game. they lost to merston yeah yeah, so. yeah so that, is, that was a bit of a would they have taken the cup or the league but then it that to bounce back and uh, i'm glad they did that so that's a good result for that and i'm pleased for, for jay saunders who's doing a really good job there um uh, and really sort of again galvanized the club and the supporters behind it i know Margate fans haven't had much fun over the time, but there seems to be a, a spirit there as well, which is good to see. 
Yeah, you said about Jack Richards, incidentally. I was wondering if the Jack Richards who scored twice for Chatham Town tonight uh, oh. could be it could could be related to anybody else. And seemingly uh, it may well have been, but we'll discuss uh, that shortly. Uh, but yeah, so Margate, the only team in action this weekend as well from that in the league anyway. Uh, in that, they travel to face Bishop Stortford. Uh, no games on Tuesday either. Uh, into the FA Trophy now. And well, Dyer is the word that springs to mind. There's only Faversham and Herne Bay were victorious and went through to the next round. Cray Valley lost on penalties after a goalless draw at AFC Sudbury. Seven Oaks also went out from the spot at Burgess Hill. Corinthian lost 2-1 to Brentwood. Phoenix Sports were beaten 3-1 at Harlow. Hastings beat Ashford 2-0. A last-minute goal sunk VCD at home to Chertsey. And Ramsgate lost 3-2 at Westfield. Even Herne Bay's win was also at the expense of another Kent club as they won 3-1 at Sittingbourne while Faversham beat Tilbury. Uh, the Isthmian League Premier Division sides joined the competition at this next stage. All five in the hat got home ties. Herne Bay against Binfield. There's a name we we know, Matt. Uh, Faversham take on Leatherhead. Margate are at home to Beaconsfield Town. Folkestone will host Hendon. And Cray Wanderers take on Kings Lanley. Those games will be played on October the 30th, except for Cray Wanderers, which will be played the following day, as Bromley are at home on the Saturday. Uh, there was just one game involving our teams in the Eastman League South East on Tuesday night. Uh, no games on Saturday, of course, because of the trophy. Uh, but the game on Tuesday was a good one for Corinthian as they ran out 4-1 winners at VCD Athletic. Just a second league win of the season for the Hoops, both of which have come away from home. As we discussed last week, Whitstable were due to be facing Hastings on Tuesday night. We even spoke to their new manager about it. But then the Kent Senior Cup semi-final from two seasons ago was suddenly rearranged. He said Keith McMahon's first game at the helm was against Gillingham. And his side won 1-0 to make it through to the final. A great start for him. But, Matt, that result for Corinthian is, is absolutely superb at VCD. Yeah, um, I think they needed it. I hadn't really looked at the table. I haven't played that many games, have they, and that. But when I saw them, they you know really pushed Folkestone all the way. So I think that was overdue um, for what they need to sort it out, their home form as well. Um, yeah, they've been pretty quiet. Corinthian, they're used to winning football matches. So that would have done their confidence a, a power of good last last um, yesterday evening. So, yeah, pleased for them. Pleased for them. Shame about VCD with the result on there, but um, I'm sure they'll bounce back as well in, 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 a, in an ever-competitive division. Yeah, they certainly will. This weekend, Cray Valley at home to Chichester, Herne Bay go to Haywards Heath, Hyde Town host three bridges, Corinthian go to Lansing, Ramsgate at home to Burgess Hill, it's Seven Oaks Town against Ashford, VCD against Faversham and Whitstable are at home to Phoenix Sports. Uh, four games in that division on Tuesday as well, two Sussex derbies, then Hyde against Hastings and Sittingbourne against Whitstable. And on Wednesday, Seven Oaks take on East Grinstead. Into the scaffold where, and you'll never believe this, there were loads of goals at the weekend. I know, right? Dan Bradshaw scored a hat-trick as Chatham beat Tunbridge Wells 5-1. Irith and Belvedere came from behind to beat Wellingtown 3-2. Irith Town overcame Hollands and Blair 3-0. Punjab United lost 1-0 at Fisher. It was K-Sports 2, Beersted 3. There was a hat-trick for Gary Lockyer as Kennington beat Crober 4-1. Loris Chin also grabbed a treble as Glebe hit 6 at Lordswood. Rustall moved off the bottom by beating Canterbury City 2-1. A Jack Midson goal was enough for Sheppey to beat Holmesdale. And Deal Town won 4-0 at Tower Hamlets. There have also been games on Wednesday night. And Matt, I hope you're prepared to feel really old. Mo Takalu's son was on target as Canterbury beat Lordswood 3-0. Uh, Irith Town came from behind to beat I Fisher. Jimmy Strout's son as well. Yes. He, he was at, he was at um, Chatham. So I don't know if he's gone on loan to Canterbury, so get some game time. Yeah, we are feeling now. Yeah. But apparently Ram, he's on Sammy Tackaloo. He's on loan from Ramsgate and he's yes. highly rated apparently, isn't he? 
Yes, yes, he said he's only 17, but uh, you know, I remember when Takalu was banging the goals in and knocking people out and d- different things, yeah. those obviously with him being a boxer as well. Um, but yeah, his son uh, scored goals, and, and I didn't notice uh, that Jimmy Stroud's son had also scored, but uh, impressive uh, for, for them and a good win for Canterbury City that as well. Uh, Irith Town continue their brilliant form, they're unbeaten in the league since the 18th of August. Uh, they, they were one nil down to Fisher tonight and they came back to win three, one, two goals for the evergreen, uh, Michael power as well. And, and they are flying higher with town and their budget is compared to those teams all around them is, is, is quite something. Uh, and they're, it's the whole club there as well. Their youth team have made it through to the uh, the FA Youth Cup first round for the first time in their history. Uh, and and it's going really, really well for them. And 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 I spoke to their manager, Adam Woodward, after they lost at Glebe. And I said there were positives, but they've really, really run with that. Fourth in the table, doing fantastic now, aren't they? Yeah, Michael. Two ends of the spectrum. You're talking about striker scoring there. Michael Powell, Powell real good thing. But again, how competitive the... Scaffold is, we all thought it was going to be a two-horse race, John. But at the moment, you're thinking maybe it's a six-horse race, which is absolutely fantastic for it. But, yeah, really, really good start to the scaffold. Um, yeah, and Erith, we didn't, we didn't tip them at all, did we, to come through. But the players they've got in, experienced players as well. Um, yeah, really good. I'm loving the scaffold this year. Absolutely loving it. Absolutely. The other game uh, on Wednesday night finished Holmesdale 3, Wellingtown nil. So going uh, all very, very well. There was also the Kent Senior Trophy uh, rearranged game tonight. 155 people at Staples Monarchs for their game against Chatham Town. It finished 7-1 to the Chats. Uh, two goals for Andy Pugh, two goals for Jude Watts, two goals for the previously mentioned Jack Richards, uh, one for Lee Garling as well in that one. Uh, but yes, plenty going on there. Uh, Kent Senior Trophy takes centre stage this weekend as well. So before we go through the fixtures for that, let's just have a quick skip through the results in Division 1 over the weekend. Uh, it was FC Armstead 2, Lidtown 2, Kent Football United 0, Brydon Ropes 4, Larkfield New Hythe 2, Sutton Athletic 0, Rochester United 2, Greenways 2, Stansfeld have gone top of the table after their 3-1 win over Chessington Hook. Staples Monarchs nil, Snodland Town 147 there as well. So they're getting some good crowds at Staplehurst as opposed to the 19 who saw Westside's 2-1 home defeat uh, to Faversham Strikeforce. Uh, Monday night, it finished Greenways 3, Sutton Athletic 3. And then on Wednesday evening, it was Westside 1, Tooting Beck 1 uh, in a game very much not to do uh, with the scaffold. But the fixtures this weekend, Friday night, Friday night football on the island, Sheppey United against Tunbridge Wells in the Kent Senior Trophy. And then on Saturday, Canterbury City against Irith and Belvedere. It's Croydon against Chatham Town. Glebe are at home to Farnborough OBG. Greenways host Stansfeld. It's Homesdale against Faversham Strikeforce. K-Sports host Lewisham Borough. Kennington take on Deal Town. Lidtown against Kent Football United. Meridian VP host Irith Town. Punjab United take on Rustall. SC Thamesmead are at home to West Wickham. It's Snodland Town against Larkfield and New Hythe. And Sutton Athletic against Wellington. Game in the Premier Division uh, is not a Kent fixture, but Tower Hamlets take on Crowborough Athletic. And then uh, in the first division, Chessington Hook against Bryden Ropes. Forest Hill Park against Westside. Uh, on Monday night, Greenways take on Stansfield again in the Kent Senior Trophy. Uh, Tuesday night, Crowborough against Chatham. Kent Senior Cup uh, on Tuesday night as well. Glebe take on Phoenix Sports, a half past seven kickoff. Uh, and then on Wednesday in the trophy, back to the Kent Senior Trophy, FC Armstead against Hollands and Blair. Uh, so plenty of football for you to get into. It, it may not be anyone's priority in that division, but it's a chance to win a cup. And we've been to a Kent Senior Trophy final, I have, Matt. Uh, and it's a good day out, actually. So 
someone's going to have a good run in that and enjoy themselves. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a competition. Maybe if you're not going to be challenging at the right end of the table, it's always good to try and win a cup competition. So, um, yeah, again, the league is sort of um, smashed around, isn't it? And the game the team's not playing, and you've got to play the cup competition. So, uh, I presume for some of the sides, it's definitely not going to be at the right end of the table. It's, it's going to be a priority for them. Exactly, and as you say, next weekend is the FA Vars, so there's a, some teams are going to be a couple of weeks without a league game, which is always frustrating. I suppose the standout tie in the in in the in the trophy was well, Sheffield United against Tunbridge Wells, but also Kennington against Deal, two teams who have, have had a really good start to the season. So we'll keep an eye on those, and we'll bring you the results uh, next week. That's pretty much all the football chat uh, discussed uh, along the way. Um, I want to do a telly recommendation, actually, Matt. I've, I know. It may not be a, a, an earth-shattering um, re- recommendation, but I'm really enjoying the new series of Nevermind the Buzzcocks, which is excellent. It's on Sky. Uh, Greg Davis is hosting. Uh, it's a bit of a Taskmaster reunion. A lot of people have been on Taskmaster have been on it, but I'm really, really enjoying it. Uh, is that on Sky, is it? Yes. Is it the same format with the pop stars and things like that? Simon Anstel and Mark, Mark Lamar used to do it, didn't he? Yeah, so... Uh, the team captains are Daisy May Cooper from this country oh, yeah. and Noel Fielding, who's back doing it. Uh, Jamali Maddox is on every week. And then the rest of them have been pop stars or comedians every single week so far. And it's been it genuinely in every single episode, there has been at least one laugh out loud moment. And I think that's all you can really ask for. Uh, well, it, it was quite a, back in the day, probably in the early 2000s. That was um, a popular program, wasn't it? Uh, on that. So again, it's the old ones are the best ones, aren't they? So um, I haven't got Sky, but uh, I'll try and catch it up. So I've got your profile, so I can actually watch it, Mr. Sky, so, uh, on that basis. But I have done, on my television, I have finished Squid Squid Games. So Enjoyed it? Yeah, yeah, I did enjoy it, yeah. Um, I thought it was really good. So I would have lasted about three seconds in it, so that's always um, disappointing from my point of view. But no, I thought it was really good, and I would recommend it. Have you watched it many more of that? I haven't watched any of it, so... Oh, um... you're going to? I might do. I don't know. It's, it looks a bit weird. Is it subtitles? Yeah, and, and dubbed as well. So uh, it's not like um, the old monkey dub sort of thing. You know, that <laughs> bad thing in, back in the day. But um, yeah. So I don't know. I might give it a well. I, I don't know. I, I, I did see the most ridiculous. If you follow me on Twitter at JohnPips81, you, you won't be surprised to know that I have very low threshold uh, for clickbait uh, from local newspapers. And uh, there was a story this week, which is probably... Well, I mean, the points, there have been lots of low points, but it's definitely up there uh, because you, there's some road signs uh, on the M4, which have got a square, a circle and a triangle on them. And apparently, according to one shocking local newspaper, um, it says um, this is the road sign police have had to say is nothing to do with squid games. Now, I'm not being funny, <laughs> but the journalist who made that phone call to the to the police press offices should be shot and the police press officer who wasted their time putting a statement together to answer that drivel should be ashamed of themselves. That's not journalism. It's absolutely shocking and just trying to piggyback on anything in a request for cheap hits. And I'm fed up with it. No, I'm, I didn't see that. But, um, yeah, it's very easy to, to do. I went out with a couple of journalists yesterday for a curry and um, 
the, the talk of that did come up on various sort of situations of the clear word your favorite word clickbait so um it just makes me sad matt you know i i, I worked really hard in being a journalist and funny enough on the radio wings show which um you should listen to if you get a chance i'm on from 16 minutes if you no want worries. to listen mate um but you know I, I, the question was asked why we started this podcast um and if people aren't aware the story goes that uh, i used to be a sports editor of some local newspapers in in kent and um, I left that job of my own choosing um, because they told us we wouldn't be covering all the non-league teams anymore. And after a year of looking and seeing that there was no coverage to any of the teams that I used to cover, I said to Matt, well, is there any minors you think you're doing a podcast? And that's how this was born. And and it's just it just makes me really sad that the career that I wanted to do, the thing I wanted to do more than anything when I was growing up was to be a, a newspaper journalist. And now I just look at it and, and it's not about quality journalism. It's just about getting people to click on your website. And I, w- I was on a website of a newspaper I used to work the other day and their most popular stories are, look at this item that's for sale in Primark. Well, that's not journalism. That's advertising. You know, you don't need to be a qualified journalist to be writing that drivel. You can just look at anything and just write a headline with a with a buzzword in it and, and away you go. And it just, I, I could I could fill eight podcasts with, with my feelings on this but generally it just makes me really really sad well well well, 186 episodes whatever it is later john we're still going strong so that's the most important thing yeah but uh you know and and we've not had to resort yet to you won't believe what jim parmenter's had to say and then tweeting it out like that um you know we just do what we can and hopefully people appreciate this as some sort of proper journalism show even though we spend a fair amount of time buggering about every week um but anyway uh yeah so you got obviously you're at dover at the weekend are you i I, I, I I thought for a second you might be away and going somewhere else but no no i am at dover so um for the hopefully the first win since February 2020. So um, yeah, from that and then we'll, who, we'll will, be this, and who will be this weekend in Effiong? That's the question. Sorry, who will be this weekend in Effiong? That is the question. Yes, good point. So um, yeah, fingers crossed. Anyway. Yeah, and of course, if you do listen to Matt's excellent commentary on BBC Radio Kent, don't forget that I was the one who gave him those stats about February 2020. Uh, anyway, thank you everybody for listening to this week's show. You can find us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook as well. Search for Kent Nolly Podcast. I am at John Phipps 81. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, thank you to our guests for their time this week. A really good chat with uh, Jim Palmer and Danny Kedwell as well. We always really, really appreciate it. And uh, even in fact, while we've been recording the show, I've had someone uh, messaging me saying, oh, it's about time you got our club on the show. So I will be looking into that as well. It's, it's one of those at the moment where I'm very conscious that there's lots of good stories going on, but I'm also really conscious that we don't want to keep having the same clubs uh, on too much so that's why I'm, I'm trying to rotate it about a bit but I think we're now at the stage we could probably start look, going back to some of the clubs that we had on uh, earlier this season but anyway thank you everybody for listening uh, to this week's show and we'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Lonely podcast this time more than any other time we're going to get it right <laughs>